Chapter Twenty Two of That Lassa Lowry's by Francis Hodgson Burnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Master Lancel's son. I don't know what to mak on her, Joan said to Annis, speaking of Liz. Sometimes she is in such spirits that she's fairly flighty, and then again she's all fretted and crossed with everything. The child seems to worry her to death. That lass o' Lowry's has made a bad bargain i tackin' up with that wench, said the townswoman to Grace. She's none of the sort as'll keep straight. She's as shallow as a brook in midsummer. What's she doin' leaving the young un to Joan and gaddin' about wi' ribbons i' her bonnet? Some lasses wouldn't have heart to show the sense. The truth was that the poor weak child was struggling feebly in deep water again. She had not thought of danger. She had only been tired of the monotony of her existence and had longed for a change. If she had seen the end, she would have shrunk from it before she had taken her first step. She wanted no more trouble and shame. She only wanted variety and excitement. She was going down a by-lane leading to the Maxis cottage and was hurrying through the twilight when she brushed against a man who was lounging carelessly along the path smoking a cigar and evidently enjoying the balmy coolness of the summer evening it was just light enough for her to see that this person was well dressed and young and with a certain lazily graceful way of moving and it was just light enough for the man to see that the half frightened face she lifted was pretty and youthful but having seen this much he must surely have recognized more for he made a quick backward step Liz he said why liz my girl and liz stood still she stood still because for the moment she lost the power of motion her heart gave a great wild leap and in a minute more she was trembling all over with a strange dreadful emotion it seemed as if long terrible months were blotted out and she was looking into her cruel lover's face as she had looked at it last it was the man who had brought her to her greatest happiness and her deepest pain and misery she could not speak at first but soon she broke into a passion of tears it evidently made the young man uncomfortable perhaps it touched him a little ralph lancel's nature was not unlike liz's own he was invariably swayed by the passing circumstance only perhaps he was a trifle more easily moved by an evil impulse than a good one the beauty of the girl's tearful face, too, overbalanced his first feeling of irritation at seeing her and finding that he was in a difficult position. Then he did not want her to run away and perhaps betray him in her agitation, so he put out his hand and laid it on her shoulder. Hush, he said, don't cry. What a poor little goose you are. Somebody will hear you. The girl made an effort to free herself from his detaining hand, but it was useless light as his grasp was it held her let me be she cried sobbing petulantly you had no right to hold me you were ready now to let me go when when i were in trouble trouble he repeated after her wasn't i in trouble too you don't mean to say you do not know what a mess i was in i'll own it looked rather shabby liz but i was obliged to bolt as i did i hadn't time to stay and explain the governor was down on us and there'd have been an awful row. Don't be hard on a fellow, Lizzie. 
you're you're too nice a little girl to be hard on a fellow but liz would not listen you went away and left me without a word she said you went away and left me to tack car in my sen when i couldna do it and hadna strength to hold up again the world i were turned out o house and home and if it hadna been for the hospital i might a deed it straight let me go i dunno want to i ought to do wi you i never wanted to see your face again leave me a be it's o'er now and i dunno want to get into trouble again he drew his hand away biting his lip and frowning boyishly he had been as fond of liz as such a man could be but she had been a trouble to him in the end and he had barely escaped through his cowardly flight from being openly disgraced and visited by his father's wrath if you had not gone away in such a hurry you would have found that i did not mean to treat you so badly after all he said i wrote to you and sent you money and told you why i was obliged to leave you for the time but you were gone and the letter was returned to me i was not so much to blame the blame didna fall on you said liz i tell you i were turned out but it it doesna matter now now that she was out of his reach he discovered that she had not lost all her old attractions for him she was prettier than ever the shawl had slipped from her curly hair the tears in her eyes made them look large and soft and gave her face an expression of most pathetic helplessness and he really felt that he would like to defend if not clear himself so when she made a movement as if to leave him he was positively anxious to detain her you're not going he said you won't leave a fellow in this way lizzie the old tone half caressing half reproachful was harder for the girl to withstand than a stronger will could comprehend it brought back so much to her those first bright days her poor brief little rain her childish pleasures his professed love for her all her lost delight if she had been deliberately bad she would have given way that instant knowing that she was trifling on the brink of sin once more but she was not bad only emotional weak and wavering the tone held her one moment then she burst into fresh tears i wouldn't listen to you she cried i wouldn't listen to you i wouldn't i wouldn't and before he had time to utter another word she had turned and fled down the lane back towards joan's cottage like some hunted creature fleeing for life joan sitting alone rose in alarm when she burst open the door and rushed in she was quivering from head to foot panting for breath and the tears were wet upon her cheeks what is it cried joan lizzie my lass what ails you she threw herself down upon the floor and hid her face in the folds of joan's dress i i i, I see the ghost at the summit she panted and whimpered i, I met summit as feared me let me go and look what it were said joan was it it lane that trembling oh lizzie but liz only clung to her more closely nay nay she protested i shall not go i have feared to be left and and i do not want you to go do not go john do not and joan was fain to remain she did not go out into the village for several days after this joan observed she stayed at home and did not even leave the cottage she was not like herself either up to that time 
she had seemed to be forgetting her trouble and gradually slipping back into the enjoyment she had known before she had gone away now a cloud seemed to be upon her she was restless and nervous or listless and unhappy she was easily startled and now and then joan fancied that she was expecting something unusual to happen she lost colour and appetite and the child's presence troubled her more than usual once when it set up a sudden cry she started and the next moment burst into tears why liz said joan almost tenderly your mum be ailing or you anna got o'er your fright yet you're not your seen at o'er what a simple little lass you are to be feared by a boggarty that way i dunnot know what's the matter wi me said liz i dunnot feel reet somehow happen i shall get o'er it i time but though she recovered herself somewhat she was not the same girl again and this change in her it was that made joan open her heart to anice she saw that something was wrong and noted a new influence at work even after the girl began to go out again and resume her visits to her acquaintances then alternating with fretful listlessness were tremulous high spirits and feverish fits of gaiety there came a day however when joan gained a clue to the meaning of this change though never from her first recognition of it until the end did she comprehend it fully perhaps she was wholly unconscious of what narrower natures experience then too she had little opportunity for hearing gossip she had no visitors and she was kept much at home with the child who was not healthy and who during the summer months was constantly feeble and ailing grace hearing nothing more after the first hint of suspicion was so far relieved that he thought it best to spare joan the pain of being stung by it but there came a piece of news to joan that troubled her is a young sprig o one of th managers staying at th queen's arms remarked a pit woman one morning he's a fine young chap too dresses up like a tailor's dummy and looks as if he'd stepped reet square out o a bandbox he's a son o old lancels joan stopped a moment at her work are you sure o that she asked anxiously sure is mr lancel's son ay to be sure it's him my mester told me sen this was Liz's trouble then at noon joan went home full of self-reproach because sometimes her patience had failed her Liz looked up with traces of tears in her eyes when joan came in joan did not hesitate she only thought of giving her comfort she went and sat down in a chair near by she drew the curly head down upon her lap and laid her hand on it caressingly lizzie lass she said you need ne'er been afeard to tell me there was a quick little pant from liz and then stillness i heard about it to-day joan went on and i did no wonder as you were full o trouble it brings it back liz i dare say the pant became a sob the sob broke into a low cry oh joan joan dunnot blame me dunnot it weren't my fault as he come and i canna bear it even then joan had no suspicion to her mind it was quite natural that such a cry of pain should be wrung from the weak heart her hand lost its steadiness as she touched the soft tangled hair more tenderly than before 
Here were the ghost as you seed i'th lane, she said, wernery. Ay, what Liz, he were, and I dare na tell you. It seemed like it took away my breath and all my heart out of me. Never you blame me, Joan. Never you be hard on me. Everything else is hard now. I thought I were safe with you. I did for sure. And you are safe, Joan answered. Dost thou think I would turn again thee? Nay, lass, thou'rt as safe as the child is when I hold it in my breast. I have pain of my own this as'll never heal, and I'd like to know as I'd held out my hand to them as there is healing for. I'd thank God for the chance. Poor lass, poor lass, poor lass. And she bent down and kissed her again and again. End of chapter 22